Welcome in. This is the uh, King's Classic Sit Start Discussion with myself, Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. Underneath me, as always, is my co-host and I'd say probably close to my best friend, uh, Mr. Xavier Hood. Xavier, how are you doing today, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. It's been a good day so far. Yeah, it's been a good day. And now we have to uh, look at how we performed last week. Um before we get started on everything but even still i just want to remind everybody thank you so much for listening if you are watching this on youtube please make sure you hit that subscribe button and that notification bell if you're listening on podcast follow us on whatever platform you are following us on please and if you are on apple Podcasts, please just make sure you leave a little five-star review there for us we always appreciate reading those and then if you want to follow us i am at cff underscore jared he is at cff underscore xavier it is very easy to reach out to us on those platforms, whether you just add us on a tweet or if you DM us, either way works for us. So before we get started, is there anything you want to say, Xavier? Uh, nope, nope. I'm ready to get into the uh, new week of uh, the King's Classic. So I guess we should start off by going back uh, from this previous week and see how we did. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, anyway, so... Last week was awful, um, extremely awful. Um, we scored 135 points, by far our lowest total to date, and it was almost by far the lowest amount of points scored in the week last week. Thank you, Matt Hicks, for also... No, not Matt Hicks. That was Mike Bainbridge. Mike Bainbridge scored the second lowest amount of points. He only, he only got about 147 points. Uh, but regardless of all that, uh, not up to our usual, usual standard. Uh, even going up against CFF guys, I didn't expect to win the week. However, even like he only scored 106 points, so it's not like he was un- it was not inconceivable for us to score enough to win this game. But there was just too much going against us last week. Um, as I predicted, JT Daniels uh, pulled very early in the Vanderbilt game to the point where he was pulled after the first quarter. Only had 129 passing yards and two touchdowns. Got himself 17 points, so not the worst performance in the world. But man, had he kept going, it would have been great for us. But that's not what happened, and I warned Xavier about that. Um, Sam Howell pretty much performed about roughly how we would want him, about 30 points. We would have preferred a little bit more than that. But, you know, I can't complain too much there. And then, Xavier, you want to talk about our running backs? Uh, Sure. Uh, Yeah, we had Ty Chandler uh, against Georgia Tech. Uh, That Georgia Tech front looked really good against the UNC run game. Even if uh, it forced Sam Howell to fumble, what was it, three, four times? Uh, Ty Chandler couldn't get going. It was just a, it was just a terrible storm uh, for North Carolina in general, so wasn't expecting much at the end of the week where I was just like, yeah, I don't think we're going to get much points. And then Kenneth Walker being shut down against Nebraska, uh, a big shock for everybody. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker, high, uh, one of the Heisman candidates. Uh, I'd have him in my top five for Heisman still because I think he's going to be able to put, produce a little bit more. But, um, yeah. All right. And then lastly, we had uh, – actually, we had two flexes that were running yes. backs. Um, they, they were – oh, excuse me. We had Hassan Haskins from Michigan. 
um, played Rutgers, had two touchdowns, very short goal line carries for all those Blake Corum um, owners. I know you're kind of sad about uh, losing out on those, but he's just going to run the ball against Rutgers. And then we had Ches Malusi versus Wisconsin. Not the best of days, but luckily we had PPR, so he was able to get double digits, but it wasn't enough to help us. Mm-hmm. And then looking at our wide receivers again, just not a good day all around. Rakeem Jarrett and Tyler Sneed. We, we couldn't play David Bell. We were able to get him out beforehand. But unfortunately, by that point, we couldn't put in Rashi Rice, who would probably be our preferred wide receiver that we would have put in there. Um, but even so, he had already played, so we couldn't put him in. So Tyler Sneed goes in. He doesn't get to do a passing touchdown this week. Uh, instead, he didn't get any touchdowns, and he only got us nine and a half points. Rakeem Jarrett, also kind of a disappointing day. Uh, only one reception for six yards. He did get a touchdown, which helped out a ton. Otherwise, that would have been way more depressing. And then Garrett Wilson uh, had a pretty good day. Couldn't find the end zone, unfortunately. But even still, 124 yards, four receptions. Got a 16 points. And then Michael Meyer, just a PPR machine. Seven receptions, 61 yards. Would have liked to, for him to have found the end zone. But again, you get what you get with sometimes with him. Um, so that's, again, our last week. Uh, what could we have done differently i think definitely uh xavier was getting on to me about it before we got started here tyler algier in hindsight really was just there was no reason not to play him and i'm not sure how i talked myself out of playing him last week i'll have to go back and listen but he got 81 yards two touchdowns for one reception for four yards 21 points would not have won us a week in fact i don't think there's a single combination of our guys that would have won us the week last week but even still, uh, Deshaun Corbin, I trash talked him like all last video, and then he busts out for 29 points this week because, of course, that happens. Uh, so he gets to stay on our our, uh, our roster for another week. You saved yourself, Deshaun. Um, yeah. And then overall, again, Rashi Rice, I would have liked to have played him over uh, Tyler Sneed, but again, he was already playing. And even still, 12 points versus like nine and a half points, it would not have saved our week. Yeah, and then uh, Caleb Ellaby, I uh, know we had the discussion going back and forth where we were like, oh, JT's probably going to play less and get pulled, which did happen. You thought Caleb Ellaby was going to be able to score on San Jose State, and he had two touchdowns, but it just wasn't enough. To no. they, they were up the entire game. They All they had to do was manage, so something he could really do. So he only had like two more points than JT. Yeah, this was just one of those bad weeks for this team. Like There was nothing we really could have done. Uh, differently in terms of sitting and starting guys that would have changed the outcome of this game because again just so many of our guys in single digits almost none of our guys outside of Sam Howell breaking 20 points that's not going to win you any fantasy week any ever so we got to figure out how to rebound though we are now two and two we are the fifth highest team in the league still we're the highest rated two and two team Um, I believe there are three Three and one teams ahead of us, and then one undefeated team still, and I do believe that is who we just faced in Josh from CFF, guys. But anyway, let's move on to the actual sit-start discussion. So, Xavier, would you like me to start the quarterback discussion, or would you like to get involved on that? Uh, I'll let you start off, because I know you had some uh, thoughts about this today, so I'd like to get into those. Alrighty, so again, last week... Again, as much as I, I, I'm joking with Xavier saying like we messed up with putting JT Daniels in because he got pulled in the first quarter. Again, at the end of the day, it didn't make a difference because Caleb Ellaby didn't perform that well, which once again, I'm just looking for a reason to drop him at this point because he's just really not performing well no matter what matchup he's put in. But regardless of all of that, uh, in terms of who we should start this week, I'm going to advocate for Sam Howell again. 
because um, he's been probably our most consistent quarterback and because fumbles and interceptions don't get counted in this league those are the things that really hurt you last week if they did count so i'm going to say we keep sam howell and in addition to that sam howell is going up against the duke defense which is 88th in, in passing and 102nd in rushing defense so i'm going to say that's quite the recipe for sam howell to do some damage through the air and on the ground so i say absolutely we keep sam howell and then I'm going to argue for putting in CJ Stroud again. He's coming back from injury from last week. He really could have played if Ohio State really wanted him to, but they did the same thing Georgia did a couple weeks ago where they just sat him, made sure he was good, got your backup some good reps. Um, in fact, they played against Little Air in Akron. So I'm going to advocate for... CJ Stroud to come back in. Now he is facing against a Rutgers defense, which currently is a 17th and or not 17th, 15th in passing. However, I think that number is skewed because the if you look at the teams that Rutgers has played so far, none of them now a good team in Michigan, don't get me wrong, but none of them have a sufficient passing attack for me to really believe that 15th passing defense number. Because look, Temple, Syracuse. Delaware, Michigan, none of those guys, none of those guys' passing games strike fear in the hearts of those they play. So I'm going to say I put in CJ Shroud and trust that Ohio State can hang plenty of points on Rutgers this weekend. All right. Uh, I hear you. And I, I would agree with you um, under normal circumstances, but yeah, it's a little bit of homerism and also knowing that JT Daniels will not be pulled for this game considering that this is another top 10 matchup and not to say it's a defining moment for our season or anything like that, but I'll, I'll use the same like um, reasoning that you had that where Arkansas hasn't really faced the passing attack of, of note, even though they're pretty high in um, opponent, uh, opponent. They're currently eighth in passing defense. Yeah, in passing. They went against Rice, which is Rice. Then they went in, uh, against Texas when they had Hudson Card. Yeah, they had Hudson Card out there. And Casey Thompson, they threw less than 70 yards. So that I, I can kind of give that to the Arkansas defense, but also I can just chalk it up as early season Texas not doing so well. And they faced Georgia Southern, which is Georgia Southern. I would say it's like a triple option team. They're not going to pass the ball. Yeah. Then you have Texas A&M, who had uh, Jay Calzada out there. It's not he's not Haynes King. He's not even like you know remotely a good quarterback at all. So the passing attack won't work. So this will be their first true test. I'm not saying Arkansas is a bad team. I actually rate Arkansas pretty highly in what they've done this season. But mm -hmm. I don't think they faced anything of the talent wise at quarterback and wide receiver at the Georgia level. And I'm saying it's so it's sort of similar to where like. CJ Stroud has shown a little bit more to where like he'll have a high volume of like passes, but then there's games to where it's like Tulsa where he only had like what 13 passes or something like that. And they let Trevion run all day. Now they are going against the Rutgers front where they did stop the Michigan run for uh, a significant portion of the run. So I'm, I'm hoping that CJ can, you know, air the ball out, but at the same time, uh, Arkansas's D line is pretty good as well too. So they could stop the Georgia run theoretically. I don't know what they're ranked, but uh, in rushing defense, Arkansas is currently 48th. 48th, okay. So it's it's really tough, um, man. Because I, I just know from what I've seen, JT is throwing touchdowns and dimes, and for a first quarter against okay. Katie, See, you're saying that, but I'm looking. I'm literally looking at here at fan tracks. Mm -hmm. Who has more touchdowns, CJ Stroud or T JT Daniels? They yeah. play the same amount of games. 
Yeah, they played the same amount of games, but I mean, they haven't played the same amount of time though in terms of minutes. I mean, fair. You you got me there, but even so, CJ has thrown eight touchdowns and almost four hundred more passing yards than JT has so far. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna still I'm I'm still maintaining here that we should put in CJ because I also trust. Ohio State to put up points on a Rutgers defense, which I think is probably a little overrated versus trusting JT to put up points against what I think is a legitimately good Arkansas defense. I don't know. I think uh, with Ohio State, I have to question their legitimacy at this point as well, too. I can't just like knock down Rutgers and be like, oh, Ohio State will do Ohio State things. Like they haven't given me enough to where they're in that. uh, I mean, 900 passing yards and eight touchdowns so far gives me plenty of hope for them to at least do pretty well in this game. Oh yeah, they they have they have the stats for it, but it's just like at, at some point the fact that you have your lead back now that looks like a you know some some news outlets even have them as a Heisman candidate and Trevion Henderson, which I don't understand. But then you have you know a quarterback behind you, Kyle McCord, that could come in if CJ is not fully healthy, one hundred percent with his shoulder, and then you're going against a Rutgers team that we can't gauge accurately to where we're like, is your defense legit or is it not? So I don't know if it's like a recipe for disaster. But I'll, I'll agree with you for now, and we can put in CJ. This actually works out pretty well because now I can put GT on the in- injury reserve. We can put in CJ. We'll put in CJ for right now. Again, CJ. maybe you'll convince me by Saturday and everything, but right now I'm really feeling that CJ is the best way to go. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not a big fan of the Ohio State team anymore. So we'll no. see how. So uh, with all what Ryan Day is doing with that program and how they're going to get uh, their stuff together. So, no, I, I get it. Um, so I guess we can move on. And I, I think we're both in agreement. Caleb Ellaby stays on the bench. Absolutely. Nope. Um, anyway, running backs. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want you? I'll, I'll let you lead the discussion. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, we have Ty Chandler versus Duke. I think this is a solidified uh, start for this week. Uh, you just mentioned earlier that Duke has like, what, 108th? In 102nd rushing. rushing defense. Rushing defense. And also Western Kentucky is like 120 out of 132. Or... Yes, 120th rushing defense. Yeah, rushing defense. So I feel comfortable with those two. Um, let's see. We have on our bench, we have Tyler Algier versus Utah State, which is a Great matchup for Tyler. Don't forget about our flexes, my dude. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. No, we still have our flexes. But I was just looking at some more running backs on our bench. We'll get to the flexes. Mm. Then we have Sean Corbin versus Syracuse, which is an interesting matchup as well because Syracuse team is rotating quarterbacks in and out. I don't know if they're going to be able to put up points. And Sean Corbin is going to be a focal part point of their offense to where Florida State could actually have their first one of the season or they could just, you know, fumble it again. Then we picked up Damian Moore off the waiver wire. Um, he's had a good string of games for his first four games in terms of uh, getting to the end zone. He is consistent as hell. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a great consistency play. It's a safe pick. Probably a lot safer. Like, it's a higher floor than a lot of these other guys that we have. But mm-hmm. like but for now, the, our two starting are Todd Chandler and Kenneth Walker. If you have any disagreements, I'd love to hear them. No, I'm in full agreement with you. Ty Chandler and Kenneth Walker are going against two of the worst defenses in the country or rushing defenses in the country so i am going to absolutely agree with you there um looking at our flexes here Hassan haskins going up against wisconsin who is currently the number one rushing defense in the country 
And regardless of how good that rushing attack from Michigan is, I'm not willing to chance that, especially since Hassan Haskins is that RB2 at Michigan. So I'm going to say, take him out. I am going to advocate for Tyler Algier to be put in because Tyler Algier is going up against Utah State, who is 112th in rushing defense for this year. And also, I made the mistake of start of benching him last week going up against a uh, weak rushing defense, and I paid the price for that. So I'm going to say Tyler Algier goes in. Now, the question is, who replaces Ches Malusi? Because I'm also not trusting him in that Michigan game either. Michigan's got a pretty decent rushing defense as well. I need to pull up the actual number. For some reason, I didn't write that one down. Uh, rushing defense. Michigan is... Uh, where are you? Oh, they're actually pretty low. Oops. Uh, all right. Anyway. Yeah, they're 60th. So not great, but not terrible either. They're pretty average. Mm -hmm. uh, but even still, uh, Jalen Berger always there, kind of waiting in the wings. I will advocate for... I'm, I'm not going to advocate for Deshaun Corbin. Syracuse has the 18th best rushing defense in the country right now. So I'm going to say Deshaun Corbin, we sit this week. Uh, he'll prove me wrong again. I'm going to cry. Uh, but I'm also going to advocate for Damian Moore to go against Wazoo. Uh, they are currently 74th in rushing defense. And like you kind of mentioned earlier, Xavier, Damian Moore is just a consistent high floor play. He's not gonna he's not gonna be the guy that busts out for 30 points for us. But Dad Gummit, did we need a, a guy to get at least 15 points last week and we just couldn't get any? So I think Damian Moore will be a good safe floor for us to pick over Chesma Lucy this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Washington State and how defensively challenged that they are, like every year. I like this for maybe maybe his boom or bust game to where yeah. he can have over 100 yards because he's been close. Yep. But just, yeah, he's getting the volume that I like at a running back, and he's getting some receiving work. So, yeah, I think he'll be fine. All right. Sounds good. Looks like we're in agreement on running backs for this week. Uh -huh. We'll go to wide receivers now. And I'm going to be honest, this is where I think we're in trouble. Uh, just don't have very good matchups for this week. I'll run through each of our wide receivers and I'll tell you the, the ranked uh, passing defense that they're going up against. We got Rakeem Jarrett going up against Iowa. They're 37th against the past. Tyler Sneed going up against Tulane. They're 108th. That's a good matchup. I'm not going to lie. Garrett Wilson going up against Rutgers. 15th in the nation. Now, now again, I told you earlier, I don't entirely trust that ranking quite now because they haven't faced a good passing attack yet. Uh, Joseph and is going up against Boston College 42nd even if even if that was 142nd I wouldn't be starting Joseph and because I don't trust his role in that offense uh, Kyle Phillips love picking him up off the waiver wire this week problem is he's going up against the fifth ranked uh, passing defense this week uh, Charleston Rambo UVA going up against the 80 uh, the 68th passing defense and we saw what um, Wake Forest was able to do to them last week but even still I'm not entirely sure of Charleston Rambo's role on this team because they absolutely destroyed an FCS team last week and Charleston Rambo is not the center of that. Um, Rashi Rice going up against South Florida. They're 111th against the pass. I feel like that's a good mashup and then David Bell uh, once he's healthy is going up against Minnesota with a 44th passing defense. So any of those numbers really striking out to you, Xavier, as must-have starting this week? Not really based on the players. Uh, I would love to advocate for Rashi probably the most, but I still love David Bell. I think he's going to be healthy by game day, and I mm -hmm. really want to go there versus Minnesota because Minnesota doesn't look that great right now. That's good. 
So I, I, I would like David Bell in there. Uh, I, let me think about who would go over. Probably Rakeem. I'm going to go ahead. Is it okay if I drop Joseph so we can get David Bell back onto the roster? Sure. I don't, I don't think either one of us is, are going to miss Joseph Ngata. I think Rakeem... I don't know. I feel like Tyler Sneed's role is always just like boomer bust. Like I don't Extremely. know. Extremely. But I, again, I, they are going up against the hundred and eighth passing defense. But again, we don't know who's going to get those points. Yeah, and it's like he's only getting averaging around like four and a half like receptions a game. Mm-hmm. Only one of them has been for like touchdowns. So I probably don't want Tyler Sneed in this matchup just for safety reasons. So I'm gonna. I think it's fair. That Rashi goes in over Tyler. And I would advocate for David Bell just because of volume standpoint. I'll put him in over Ricky. Yeah, I said, yeah, I was uh, saying that earlier. So, and then I guess the quote. Go ahead. I was saying Garrett Wilson stays. I still think from a talent standpoint that he, no matter how bad the Ohio State team is playing, he'll find ways to put up points. I would agree with you. And again, like, I don't trust that 15th against the pass for Rutgers. Um, I definitely think that Garrett Wilson and CJ Shroud are a duo that I'm willing to um, roll the dice on in terms of changing that ranking. So I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson there. And I th- and again, I agree with you 100%. And then Michael Meyer, uh, I think once again, we don't have any tight ends on our bench and there's really no reason to bench Michael Meyer. So... I have no, I have no qualms there. So, uh, Xavier, you want to give us a recap of who all we are officially starting for this week? Absolutely. So at QB, we have CJ Stroud and Sam Howell. Then our two starting running backs will be Ty Chandler and Kenneth Walker. Our starting wide receivers will be David Bell, barring if he's healthy, which I assume will be. Rashi who do we Ryan. want our backup to be in case David Bell, for some reason, is pulled out of the game? Uh, Rakeem Jarrett, then. Rakeem Jarrett? Uh, we can't do that because Rakeem's playing on Friday. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I guess Kyle Phillips. All right, Kyle Phillips. Yeah. Over, over Tyler Sneed against Tulane in their, in their passing defense? I think I, – I, I really have a feeling that UCLA is putting their offense together, and Arizona's okay. struggling a little bit. Not to say that they're struggling a lot, but I do like this string of 100-yard games that he's had, and he's also gotten a touchdown in every game except for the first one against Hawaii. All right. Um, I, will, I, will, I will agree with you there. So Kyle Phillips will be our backup then. Yeah. So and we have David Bell, Rashi Rice, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, and our starting tight end will be Michael Meyer, as always. Uh, our two flexes are Tyler Algier and Damian Moore. So yep. that is for this week. And then we're going to go on to our matchups now. Uh, we yep. are facing the great Iron Scholar, the great man himself, John Lobb. We are about to be schooled. I'm joking. We're going to be fine. We'll see. Um, so uh, I guess I'll um, run through the names of um, John Lobb's players, the great Iron Scholar. We're, uh, at quarterback, he has Sean Clifford out of Penn State. They are facing Indiana. He also has Max Duggan, TCU. They're facing Texas. That's a high over-under game as well, too. So mm-hmm. really interesting. Bijan Robertson, TCU, great running back, probably RB1 this year. Isaiah Spiller going against Mississippi State. Um, I have my own thoughts about that game if you've uh, watched the preview. But it'll be interesting to see if they, uh, Jimbo puts a good game plan together. Dante Dimas, they're facing Iowa on Friday. 
Then you have Javon Healy, Coastal Carolina. They're facing UL Monroe, a terrible team every single year. Mm-hmm. Ontavious Wicks is facing Miami. Uh, that will be an interesting game as well. That is coming on tomorrow, actually, today, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yep. today is Thursday. Today is indeed Thursday. Uh, Garrett Prince out of UAB is facing Liberty. Uh, I think this is going to be the first test for UAB in, like, their passing game. Like, that's not going to be against, like, a true power five, but it's going to be against a good Liberty team. Mm-hmm. Then you have Jameer Gibbs facing a great pit defense. And then you have Zonovan Knight versus LA Tech. Now, these can all change at whatever point that John wants to uh, make those changes. But for now, this is the lineup that he has. Yeah, I guess I'll, um, I'll get started on the – I'll break it down by position where I think we have the advantages and everything. But I'll, really, I'll just kind of start with QB. Um, mm-hmm. Man, Boomer, I, 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 this one could go either way. Yeah. Um, I think we have the guy with the highest ceiling out of the four, and that's Sam Howell. Um, guys with the highest ceiling. I think CJ and Sam can both have higher ceilings than both Sean and Max. That is – you know, that is very fair. But also, again, CJ, I'm less – willing to fully trust yet to be that ceiling guy i do trust cj to get us 20 points by the end of the night which i think will be perfectly fine especially again if they can really get rolling on Rutgers, i think they'll be good um however i'm terrified of both sean clifford and max duggan this weekend sean clifford i think is about to go off i again that that that's something i've been pounding against if you've talked to me all at all this week i think penn state's about to paint the walls with indiana's blood this weekend and I think that Sean Clifford's about, ha- about to have one of the games of his life. So I'm legitimately scared like, about Sean Clifford this weekend. Max Duggan, again, very boomer bust against his Texas, against his Texas defense this uh, weekend. Um, if that Texas defense puts it together, I think they can absolutely contain Duggan. Uh, but if not, uh, he's going to run crazy on them. And uh, yeah, I think, again, I don't think either side has a truly a true advantage in this fight. I can imagine both these quarterback rooms probably putting up similar points um by the end of the day even if it's like sean clifford and max duggan put up like 28 to 32 points each and sam howell puts up 40 while cj Stroud puts up 20. like i think that that that's an outcome i could see by the end of the weekend and yeah i'd say if i had to give a side a little bit of edge i would go sam howell and cj Stroud again because i like the ceilings both there but even still, um, I don't think there's a decisive advantage at the quarterback. So, Zary, you want to talk about running backs? Yeah, uh, we have Ty Chandler and Kenneth Walker as our starting running backs now. I think they're facing some terrible uh, def- uh, uh, terrible defenses, especially against the run. So it's in mm-hmm. our advantage. But also, on the other side, you have high-ceiling guys of Bijan Robinson, RB1, and Isaiah Spiller, another uh, really good running back, especially upcoming, uh, in this upcoming draft. Um it's tough because it, it depends on how Jimbo uses Isaiah in this Mississippi State game. You just came off of a loss to Arkansas, and you didn't use him enough. And Bijan Robinson plays out of his mind every single week to where he's rushing and receiving. Now, Roshan Johnson cu- kind of cuts into his, like, true production, but it's they're winning games, and Bijan's still, you know, putting up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So I'll say this. I think based on the week, and our, uh, the talent that we have running back, I'll give us the advantage based on the week. If this was any other week, it would have been John Lobb by a landslide for me. But I think the fact that we're facing Duke and Western Kentucky gives us a great edge. Now it will be concerning if Kenneth Walker gets pulled early, but I think uh, I don't some- think though. I don't think again. Western Kentucky is an offense that keeps them in games, so I have to imagine that we- 
Michigan State is going to want to continue to run the ball, keep their scoring opportunities at a minimum. Well, they're going to face the Michigan State defense that's uh, probably haven't seen so far yet this year. I guess Indiana would be their closest one, so we'll see. But, yeah, based on the matchups, I, I give it to us this side, not based on our players, but just based on the matchups, honestly. Uh, I'm actually going to I'm gonna look up the passing yards allowed because I'm pretty sure Michigan State's actually kind of awful against the pass. Hmm. Um, but regardless, I, I was looking up uh, defensive uh, for rushing and everything. Bijan's about to go off. TCU yep. has the 101, uh, 101st wor- uh, def- rushing defense in the country, and that's going to be scary for us. But Isaiah Spiller is also going up against Mississippi State, who has the eighth best rushing defense in the country. So I think yep. that's what's going to make the difference for this matchup at the end of the day. So I think Ty Chandler and Kenneth Walker will be able to pull us up in that. I guess we can also talk about the flexes here. Tyler Algier against Jameer Gibbs and Damian Moore against Donovan Knight. What are your thoughts there, Xavier? Yeah, Jameer Gibbs versus this great pit defense. I don't like that much. I think uh, if John decides to move somewhere else this week, he has some good options. I, he has uh, Frank Gore, which I would probably put. And then after that, he has a lot of wider steers. Maybe I'd put in like Xavier Worthy or Bull Milton. Eh, not Bull Milton, but uh, yeah, just probably out of those two would be like Frank Gore. Oh, also he has B.J. Baylor. So yeah, that's another guy I would put in over Jameer mm-hmm. Gibbs. But for now, yeah, I like Tyler Algier going into Utah State. Uh, rather than having Jameer Gibbs versus that great uh, pit defense. And now we have uh, Damian Moore versus Washington State, which it's Washington State. They only care about offense and every defense. And then you have Zonima Knight facing L.A. Tech, which has been really good against the run this year. I don't think anybody's ran over um, 100 or 150 yards on them so far. So, yeah. Uh, I, like I might double-check you on that real quick, but uh, I did also want to point out real quick. So I, looked, I found Michigan State's uh, passing defense. What do you think they are, Xavier? I have no idea. 106. So, uh, yeah, West, I think Western Michigan's about that field date this weekend. So, that'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll guess we'll move on to our wide receivers now, and I'll kind of break this down for us. We got, uh, again, we got David Bell, Rashi Rice, Garrett Wilson. They'll be going up against uh, Dante Demas, uh, Javon Haley, uh, Dontavian Wicks. I'm going to give John the edge here uh, based on Javon Haley and Dontavian Wicks. Dante Demas, I think, is going to suffer for the same reason why we bench Raheem Jarrett. And so I don't trust him in that matchup against Iowa. Even though I did pick Maryland to win that game, I think that'll be based on rushing more than anything else. Um, but even still, uh, Javon Haley, I think, Going up against UL Monroe, that's just a bad matchup for us. And I think that he's absolutely going to be putting up points. And again, Dontavian Wicks going up against one of the worst tackling defenses in the country in Miami. I absolutely expect him to explode on the scene. And again, for us, there's just too many question marks, really, uh, for our wide receivers this week. Garrett Wilson, again, I trust Garrett Wilson. Uh, I trust Ohio State's offense for now going up against Rutgers. But again, Rutgers has shown so far that they can defend the pass. It's not like Rutgers of the past where no matter who they go up against, they give up like 300 yards passing. It's not this Rutgers team. So I think there is a chance that Ohio State struggles passing against Rutgers. Rushy Rice going up to South Florida. Again, I like the matchup there. I don't like the possibility of Rashi being ignored entirely for other options on the SMU offense. And then you have David Bell coming off of injury. We don't know how much they're going to be willing to involve him in the um, 
how much they're going to be involving him in this game, especially if they think they can put this game out of reach in Minnesota pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so too many question marks for me there. I'm going to give John Lobb the edge at wide receiver for this week. Yeah, um, I, I definitely love the matchups of Javon and Don Tavion. Uh, but I think David Bell having a, a week of remove from football to, you know, hopefully get his, uh, you know, his health back to 100% with his uh, concussion. And then Rashi Rice going against uh, South Florida. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, even though Danny Gray seems to be that number one receiver, Rashi Rice still finds a way, like in some of those blowout games, to get on the board. And I think this is going to be one of them to where he'll get like, uh, he'll, he's getting like four receptions a game and almost a touchdown a game. So maybe this will be the one where he gets like two. Mm. I, I do like that upside of the ceiling. And Garrett Wilson, uh, he's going to find the, the end zone one of these days, like the first three games. <laughs> and then last week he just couldn't because Kyle McCord was just finding uh, other receivers. Mm. But he's he's going to get 100 yards or something close, remotely close to that, and he's going to get a bunch of targets for us to help out a lot. So I, I like the consistency of all this to put together. And it's just only like – I only give the – I think Dante Dimas versus Iowa. Now, I, I'm a big, you know, not not to say advocate or anything, but I, I have a sneaky suspicion that Iowa is not as good as what, you know, the AP poll and a lot of people may think. Like, I, I'm – I'm uh, oh, man. I'm excited that they are top five and that they're in the Big Ten and they've won some big games so far, but I haven't been truly impressed enough to consider them a top five team and to rave about this defense now that they're going to get to a great Maryland offense. uh, offense. So it's going to be an interesting game. So either way, it can go either way. But, yeah, that's mainly it. I'll give us the edge a little bit, though, just by a smidge. Nah, I'm, I'm definitely giving John the edge there. I think we have the edge at running back. I think we have the slight edge at quarterback. Uh, tight ends. Um, if you go off recent production, uh, his tight end in Garrett Prince out of UAB definitely has Michael Meyer beat. But also, I think Michael Meyer is a massive focal point of this Notre Dame offense. He's going to need to be against Cincinnati. And his problem is just that he hasn't found the end zone the past couple of weeks, while Garrett Prince has if i can look at garrett prince's stats here real quick uh yeah three receptions for 136 yards two touchdowns three reception that's like what over 40 points or 40 yards of reception that's not sustainable um last week against um tulane saw six receptions 65 yards still found the end zone twice uh the 10 the six receptions for 65 yards i think that's relatively sustainable that's about 10 yards per catch uh, two touchdowns, though. Again, I don't think he's going to find the end zone twice every single week. So I think at the end of the day... Um, as well, too, so that's going to be a little bit tougher than what they're facing so far. That is true. That is true. They are going up against Liberty. Um, and I don't have Liberty's passing defense up for me. But, I'll, again, just based off on what I've seen, Liberty's been able to hold uh, teams pretty low. Again, they just couldn't hold Syracuse low enough last week. Um, so again... In matchups like this where it looks like the stats are relatively even, as far as I can tell, I think I'm going to lean towards the talent, and I'm going to say that Michael Meyer is probably going to be the better tight end by the end of the week. Uh, If he's not, that's going to be very concerning for us going forward, um, especially if he doesn't um, have a good game this weekend at all. So... Well, I think we have to consider the fact that uh, I know Jack Scone is still a little bit injured and Drew Pine is taking first team reps based off of what I've just seen recently. So I think it may depend on the quarterback as well, too. Mm-hmm. 
how involved Meyer is. But if it is Drew Pine, then I always say that, you know, young quarterbacks trust their big tight ends to make, uh, you know, those check down uh, catches. So hopefully we can get a lot of receptions that game. Maybe he'll find the end zone once or twice. I am absolutely down. I, yeah. I, I subscribe to this reality. Yeah. Anyway. Defensive front, so uh, it will be tough for whatever quarterback walks out and gets that start or that nod. But uh, yeah, I'm expecting Michael Meyer to hopefully have a good weekend to show out versus a good opponent. Yeah, I'm definitely, I am definitely hoping so as well. Cincinnati is number 19 against the pass, so oof. But regardless, I trust Michael Meyer. I trust the talent there. Um, So overall, I'm going to predict us to have the win. Uh, John is one and three on the year, but I don't think that should have any bearing on this matchup whatsoever. Um, I think we win this matchup, but I think we win it by less than 20 points. Mm. I want to say we win by more than 40. Oh, okay. Okay. Where do you see that? I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. Where are you seeing these 40 points come from? I think uh, somehow always during bounce back games. True. Uh, I love a lot. Um, CJ Stroud, if if the Rutgers defense is truly suspect as we both think, then I think it's going to be a great opportunity to throw because we have six point passing touchdowns. I think Sean Clifford versus Indiana. I mean, I know you're excited about Sean Clifford, you know, do maybe like about to have the game of his life, but I know Sean Clifford like to where I've seen him have like lows, and I, I always have to have like a hesitancy about him. Not His low so far this year has been 16 points. Everything else has been 27, 24, 39. Oh, absolutely. But we'll see. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to read the Big Ten and also, like, they did face Auburn, but now it's tough to gauge what Auburn really is, too. Mm-hmm. But um, I think with Kenneth Walker mainly, I think this is going to be a good bounce-back week for him to where if the Western Kentucky is putting up points, then he's going to be in on almost, he's going to be a three down back all day long from all the way to the fourth. Hmm. So, yep. I think that's really it. And our flexes, I think our flexes are going to help out too. I think I do. I do agree with you. The just our running entire running back core for this week, I'm feeling pretty good about, which probably means to all score less than 10 points. Hmm. Um, Cause that's just how my luck works. But even still, I think that's a pretty good cover for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening once again to the King's Classic sit-start discussion for week five. Uh, Xavier, thank you once again for joining me and making sure that this partnership that we have for joint owning a fantasy team has been smooth and painless as possible. Um, Again, once again, reminding everybody, please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell, all those good jazz. Please make your comments down below. Do you think we made the right decisions on who we're sitting and who we are starting? Do you think that we could have uh, done better um, in terms of you know, some of our uh, decisions that we made? Maybe some of the guys that we picked up this week you don't like a lot? Let us know. We want to hear from you guys. Um, in addition, make sure you're following us on Twitter. I am CFF underscore Jared. He is at CFF underscore Xavier. Um, trying to think anything else. Uh, oh, yes. On all podcast platforms make sure you're following us on apple podcast leave those five star reviews those are nice and wonderful and we love reading them xavier do you have anything else before we head out of here uh nope that's pretty much it i uh, hope we have a good week and that we can come back and tell you all the uh the great weekend that we had so we look forward yeah. to the next one uh next time sounds good all right see y'all